Welcome to Stories of Faith and Hope, the podcast that inspires your faith and gives you reason to hope. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I am so thankful you've chosen to join us for part four of our series on the life of Daniel. Ironically enough, today's episode doesn't even focus on the life of Daniel. It is actually more on the life of his three friends. We know them today by their Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And this story has to be one of the most dramatic in the book of Daniel. Well, there's a lot of drama in the book of Daniel. Maybe the story of Daniel and the lions then might beat this, but I really don't know because the setting of Daniel chapter three is so incredible. There's and there's this golden image. There's a fire blazing in this furnace that ends up being put seven times hotter. There's this death threat just just because someone refuses to bow down to this image, there's a threat of death placed on them. And as we'll see, as Dr. Henderson and I spend some time talking about this chapter, you'll see that there's a lot more going on than just a worship issue. There's, there's a whole political landscape that is occurring in the kingdom of Babylon at this time. But the implications of the worship aspect of Daniel chapter 3 really do reach into and affect our lives today and in the future. So I hope that you'll sit back, relax, enjoy, as Dr. Henderson and I have a conversation about Daniel chapter 3, the golden image and the fiery furnace. finished Daniel 2 last time, if you remember, and um, it was this this story of this image that was a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and it was foretelling the future of both Babylon and and coming empires, and it ended with Daniel becoming prime minister of the greatest empire in the world. Right. Now, we find uh, Nebuchadnezzar getting the big head. Yes, yes. He he kind of is in opposition to to the the dream that he had right, almost. Right. He didn't like the idea there was going to be some other kingdoms after him. No, he didn't. So why don't you why don't you start reading the story there in Daniel okay. three? And I'm reading from the clear word, Daniel three verse one. During the next twenty years Nebuchadnezzar gradually changed. One day he decided to have a statue built to look like the one he had seen in his dream. But he had it made totally of gold to show that the prophecy was in error and that his kingdom would last. It was about 100 feet high and 10 feet wide. That's pretty big. (laughs) And he had it set up in the flat land of Dura in the province of Babylon. After the statue was set up, the king ordered all his officials to come and participate in the dedication. This included the local princes, governors, commissioners, judges, treasurers, royal advisors, heads of the police, and all other government officials. Everyone, not away on duty, was ordered to attend the dedication of the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So just a little bit of 
of background on this. Archaeologists and scholars believe that um, that as they look at history, and even secular historians yeah. see this, that that during this time of Nebuchadnezzar's reign, there was a revolt that happened. There was there was almost a civil war, a rebellion, mm-hmm. um, and so this was one of Nebuchadnezzar's ways of trying to see who was loyal to him. Yeah, and so it was really in the context of political instability and political loyalty. Um, but it definitely turned into having a religious overtone um, by the end of the story uh, here. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. apparently he wanted to make sure that everybody knew he was still in control. Yes, yes. He was the big man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a, uh, an issue with pride, as we right. see throughout the book of Daniel. <laughs> Verse 3, when all the princes, governors, commissioners, judges, treasurers, royal advisors, heads of the police, and all of the government officials arrived for the dedication of the statue, they stood at attention facing the uh, uh, statue. Then a royal herald announced with a loud voice for everyone to hear, People of all nations, let me tell you what you will be expected to do. When you hear the first sound of the trumpets, followed by the playing of the flutes, the lyres, the zithers, the harps, and other instruments, you are expected to fall on your knees and bow to the ground and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Hmm. Putting himself in the place of God. Yes, he really was. And you know, as you look at you know other kings in the Bible, you know the king of Egypt, you know he was considered a, a god, and um, and the king of Babylon was considered a god. Um, so you see this in in these in these cultures, and yeah. um, and it it almost it's it's kind of unique because he says you know to worship Nebuchadnezzar. And yet he has this image as well. So I don't know if it was kind of worshiping both or if the image was supposed to be Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe he had made it not necessarily in the likeness of the image in his dream, but more of an image of himself. You know, I don't know. Yeah. And, and turned it into gold and, yeah. um, you know, representing his reign that would, you know, he wanted to last forever. Verse 6, anyone who does not kneel and bow in worship will be executed immediately by being thrown into one of these nearby brick-making furnaces. So as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, which was followed by the playing of the flutes and the lyres and zithers, harps and other instruments, they fell to their knees and bowed in worship toward the golden statue. This was the opportunity that some Babylonians had been waiting for to accuse the Hebrews of not being loyal citizens. So let's pause just for a minute there, because I wanted to, yeah. to go back to the fiery furnace. You know, true religion, true worship can never be forced. Um, no. This is something that we see right. in heaven when you know when lucifer rebelled and and basically god's government is built on this freedom of choice right 
And yet here we have a religion that's mandated, a worship that's mandated on pain of death if they didn't worship. And that's one of the marks that we can see if, if, if anybody is telling you how to worship and listing consequences if you don't, then you know that that's a false religion. It's something that, that we may have to deal with you know, in the future, especially as we read the book of Revelation, we see a lot of this repeated. Right. Um, so just keep your eyes out. If, if someone's telling you this is how you need to worship and saying there's going to be a death sentence if you don't, yeah. then it might, it's probably false religion. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it really will test a person's faith in God. Yes. When yeah. you're faced with a death sentence, which we'll see these boys were. When they saw that the three Hebrews didn't kneel down and worship the statue, they went to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, May your majesty live forever. They must have been a very spectacular sight standing up when everybody else was down. Yes. And just think how tempted or tempted I would be to all of a sudden think my sandal needed to be yeah. readjusted at that moment. or <laughs> Some reason to bend over. <laughs> some reason. But they didn't do that. They no, stood conspicuously stood... Right. You're out there. May your majesty live forever. You issued a decree that at the first sound of the trumpets, followed by the playing of the flutes and the lyres and thistles and harps and other musical instruments, Everyone present should fall on their knees and bow and worship before your golden statue. And anyone who didn't would be immediately executed by being thrown into one of these nearby blazing furnaces. Well, there are three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who did not worship your statue. They have consistently refused to worship our gods, And now they've refused to fall on their knees and bow in worship to the golden statue that may that you yourself have set up. Hmm. So Nebuchadnezzar became extremely angry and went into a rage. He ordered the guards to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to him at once. So when they came, he said to them, Is it true that you three men have not bowed in worship before the golden statue that I have set up? They said, That's true, your majesty. So Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm going to give you one more chance to demonstrate to others your your loyalty to Babylon. When you hear the first sound of the trumpets, followed by the flutes and the lyres and the zithers and the harps and other instruments, you had better fall to your knees and bow in worship of my golden statue. If you do, we'll forget the whole incident. But if you don't, I'll have the three of you executed by throwing you into that nearby fiery furnace. No one, including your God, is going to stop me. This shows how much Nebuchadnezzar really liked these three young men. Yeah. 
because he's willing to go back and redo this Give whole thing. Give them a second chance. Yeah. 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 He did not want them to die, and yet he couldn't live with the fact that they had disobeyed him. Right. And once uh, a monarch that way gives an order, he can't change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even if he wanted to, you know. Yeah. He couldn't change it. And then at the... He could modify it, which is what he's doing. Right. <laughs> right. But he can't change it. And, they, and then at the end there, it's, it's really a challenge to God. You know, right. saying, this is what I'm going to do. And, and no God, even your God, yeah. is not going it's to, not be, able to, to be able to save you or save you know, rescue you. Or change my mind. Yeah. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, Your Majesty, we don't want to stand here and defend ourselves. But we will say that we've already thought this whole thing through and have made our decision. It's true that we didn't bow in worship before the golden statue that you have set up, but if that's considered being disloyal to Babylon, what can we say? Our God, whom we serve, is able to defend us if he chooses to do so. So this was a challenge that they were kind of putting out. Yeah. Your God versus our God. Yeah, yeah. But they were willing to still trust their God. Right. Even if he chose not to save them. Right. And that's just powerful, you know, because we can, when we think about serving God and obeying God, you know, a lot of times we think about the benefits and the protection that he wants to give and right. you know, things like that. And it's real faith in him if we are willing to say, even without any of that, we'll still serve you. Right. Yeah. We are willing to accept what you find is in the best interest in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. But if not, your majesty can be sure that we will not worship the Babylonian gods, nor bow in worship before the golden statue. So then the king became raging mad. His face turned red with anger as he looked at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Immediately he ordered his men to make one of the blazing furnaces seven times hotter. And when it was hot enough, the king ordered the strongest guards to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego hand and foot and then throw them into the fiery furnace. Hmm. Wow. I think we're out of time and we should stop yes, there. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of a cliffhanger cliffhanger <laughs> point where you know they the, these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are willing to serve God whether he saves them or not. And you know, Nebuchadnezzar has placed this challenge to God saying, right. you know, I'm no one, not even your God, is going to be able to take you out of my hands. And when they refuse, then he heats up the furnace seven times hotter and commands 
that these three men be taken into this fiery furnace. Right. So, will God come through? What will he do? Wow. What kind of faith do these three young men have? I mean, it's one thing to say, yeah, I'll trust you, God. I'll serve you when things are going well. But when they're willing to say, if not, if he doesn't protect me, if he doesn't save me, we will still trust him and follow him. Do you have that kind of faith? Do I have that kind of faith? You know, this is really, and I know we're, we're leaving you hanging and you're going to be hanging for a while because uh, we have a few other special guests I want to introduce you to before we finish this story. Um, but, but just ending where we did right here in this conversation, thinking about my faith, thinking about your faith, take a few minutes and just ask yourself, would you answer the same way these three young men did? Number one, do you know that God can deliver you, as they said? And number two, would you be willing to still trust him even if he chose not to? That's faith. And speaking of faith, I'm really excited about the guest, a friend of mine that you're going to be able to meet next week. Her name is Courtney, and uh, she, on the outside, has a glamorous life. She's She's a model. Um, She is a television host. But she has a difficult life. And uh, she's been dealing with a lot of things that, that have been thrown her way. And through it all, she's used the difficulties in her life to bring honor and glory to God's name. And I'm really excited to introduce you to her next week. And uh, so in the meantime, here's a brief preview of my conversation with Courtney next week. I kept telling myself, try harder. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I was drinking, you know, for somebody who's supposed to be really, really healthy, I was drinking five five-hour energy drinks a day to be functional. Wow. Um, the, <laughs> I'm sure the doctor's listening going, oh my goodness, he's lucky to be alive. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I had entire trash bags of garbage in my bedroom because I tried to pick things up and then from exhaustion would just lay down, but I couldn't sleep at night and I stopped eating and maybe I would bathe once a week. Mm-hmm. And my parents thought I was depressed or lazy, and I thought that I just wasn't trying hard enough, so get out the lead, let's go. The unique thing about Courtney's story is that, yes, it's an encouraging, positive message that she brings, but she's still going through this. This is not something that her, you know, she had difficulty in the past and her life is easy now. No, she is still struggling, and yet she's still praising God and using this as an opportunity to share his love to the world. And so I'm really excited for next week for you to enjoy listening to Courtney's story and hopefully you'll get inspired by her incredible testimony. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. I want to thank you for listening. You can find us online at faithandhoperadio.com, on Facebook at Faith and Hope Radio. We are now on Google Play as well as Apple Podcasts. So search for us in each of those. Subscribe. And uh, music was provided by Dexter Britton. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless. And in the meantime, until we meet again, have faith and hope.